Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Folks, welcome back to another episode of Habs Night. We're hopefully getting this one out on time. Uh, we were able to link things up, make things work, but uh, just happy to happy to try to give y'all some more consistent content. Mason, how are you, bud? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, no, dude, my fucking my chemical burns on my fucking hands are so bad today uh, that my wife said that if she put toothpaste on it. It would help because of something in the toothpaste, think like baking soda or some shit. Um, and she put that shit on my fucking hands, and that shit burnt so fucking bad. They feel good now, but while it was on my hands, it was miserable, miserable, dude. But a uh, long day today. I got a, uh, I got one of my best friend's weddings on Friday, and then tomorrow's the rehearsal right after work. Um, I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? How's school? Um, school's okay. I school to school made the mistake of thinking I had, I had my test today at three thirty p.m. When I checked last or this morning at two thirty in the morning, just to double check, said about feeling, I realized it was at nine. <laughs> so there was no sleep because if I if I go to bed at that point, I'm not waking up. So. We're, we had a quick hour power nap after the test, but we're riding on fumes here. Right. But other than that, no, I've been pretty good. That's good to hear, bud. Uh, so I guess let's just kind of pick up from uh, what we were talking about last episode. We, uh, we recorded mid-Canadians uh, versus Wild game. Um, we were talking good about Primo. Uh Back-to-back starts. I'm not really upset with them. Um, Minnesota has been one of the best teams this year. Uh, And Primo is coming off of uh, a big night the night before. Uh, 
a lot of stops for him. I think he was in the 40s. Um, just a game that kind of got away from him. Um, two of them were kind of should have been, you know, should have been should have been stopped. But granted, I don't know. Well, I know I know he hasn't really had this level of um, uh, hockey playing a back to back. And I'm sure it, it kind of weaned on him. And the Minnesota team does not they're not really a, a let up team. So uh, he had his work cut out for him. It just didn't go out the way he obviously wanted. But nonetheless, I expected him to be a little tired, but good on him for trying to hold his own in there. Uh, McNiven comes in um, and tries, <laughs> try, you know, they relieves him. But um, that was just a horrible decision by Dominic Ducharme. Look, I don't think yeah. the third and fourth goals certainly were not Kane Primo's fault, in my opinion. They mm-hmm. were one of the most – like an absolute tap in. Yeah. So, and then to just, for lack of a better term, feed um, Caden Bream Primo to the Wolves or Michael McNiven to the Wolves there as like a sacrificial lamb. Mm-hmm. That just, that I, I wasn't okay with that. I thought that was horrible. And, and I mean, unfortunately, he should have started this game. If Montembeau was not <laughs> ready, uh, which we'll get into in a second, you know, McNiven should have gotten, the, you know, the go-ahead before the game, not, hey, look, we're fucking dying out there. You know, it, it's it's time for you to fucking – it's time for you to take some of this heat off of Primo. Yeah, exactly. I – look, like you said, a team like the um, Minnesota it, Wild who have been riding, they were going to win that game. I think we do need to kind of understand – um, where where this team is in the standings, and I think for the most part, Habs fans do understand that. Uh, it was unfortunate, but we're you know in a season like this, you're due for a few games like that every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they they figured it out really early into the game. Um, like what was the strategy to play against us, and they just picked us apart. You know, um. It's just unfortunate, but, you know, it's the way she goes. Um, and if I'm being honest, we were playing a little too cocky the last three games. We need to stay in the losing category. Uh, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> but, no, um, so Rem Pitlick scores on his former team. Uh, Rem Pitlick has been staying just as hot as uh, Michael Pozzetta. Michael Pozzetta fucking 14 uh, panel, uh, penalty minutes on the night. Good for him. I believe he stuck up for um, Dvorak, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, terrible hit on uh, from Jared Spurgeon. I don't, I don't know how you can't say that that's not uh, on purpose. The puck had been moved already. That's just a, I'm, I'm trying to get back at you type of hit. Uh, I don't know if he saw it live or if he, you know, caught the the replay of it or the gif on Twitter, but. Uh, pretty nasty you know what is back what is back turned he just came and fucking targeted I'm so, the head i'm so numb to shit like that now mm-hmm. and it's sad it really is sad that i'm not surprised i guess you could say but the nhl has continued to be an absolute fucking disgrace when it comes to player safety i tweeted out 
or I, I think I might maybe I send a group chat. Uh, I can't wait to see the five thousand dollar fine tomorrow. Didn't even get that. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even get that. So it was a dirty fucking play. I think Josh Anderson tried to fight him for it after, and he turtled. Like, yeah, he also got a, a nine a nine minute game as well for penalties. So just good on the team for for trying to stand up for you know for that player. And the Vorex still. Yeah, still day to day. Um, I don't think they're done testing or anything like that. But it's just frustrating that we lose another core member of this team this season. Um, and the guy who did it, you know, rolls away scot free uh, to continue the, you know, their great season. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like I said, it's it's super fucking frustrating, but. It's the NHL. And I just don't like I we've talked about it so much that I don't I really don't know what the solution is other than like every everyone in the world can see that that's a fucking blindside hit. It's a horrible hit. And it's if you want to if you don't even find anything wrong with it, it's at the bare minimum interference. Mm-hmm. No, that, that was brutal. And I really hope Christian Dvorak's OK, because that did not look good at all. It looks really bad. Um, another, I mean, I, I guess it's just due to lack of players, but uh, Cedric Paulcat plays again. Fuck, I, 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 we had this conversation like two months ago, like that it, it should probably be it for Cedric Paulcat, but uh, we keep finding a reason, or we keep Looking losing cockroach. losing players to force Cedric Paulcat back in the mix. Um. I'm just glad he wasn't the one who got fucking just absolutely manhandled again. But yeah, I'm I'm sure you guys watched it. The game was a fucking shit show as far as us. There wasn't that many highlights other than uh Rem Pitlick's just he's been un, unreal for us. I saw a lot of wild fans on there uh you know saying, you know, I'm sure Rem Pitlick is is very upset that, you know, he's he's got to sit across, you know. He's sitting on the other side of the bench getting fucking dusted. But you know what, Rem Pitlick, what, whatever whatever he's feeling uh, was still able to put up a, a goal against the team that that put him on waivers. So I'm sure, you know, even if it was deep down, that probably meant something to him, you know, to, to prove to them that, you know, he was worth keeping around. And, I mean, fuck, he scored on them, you know. That team's been unreal. So good for him. Um Fuck, man. Tough game Th- tomorrow. Well, when you guys see this today, uh, they'll be playing Anaheim, a team that's kind of been down in the dumps as of late. Um, hopefully we can find some something together, maybe just keep it a close game if we can't. Uh, but that's a team that's I wouldn't say in a boat with us, but uh, went from a really high caliber starting off to just kind of uh, – not really finding their way as of late. John Gibson, uh, my cousin's got him. He's been bitching about him for fucking at least a month now. Uh, so hopefully there's, you know, we can get a little bounce back with that. And while, while we talk about that, it's still up in the air as far as Montembeau. Um, they they had uh, released the lines for, for today. Um, Montembeau is, was, uh, he was there. Uh, he practiced and stuff like that. But in his interview, uh, he said he was he'd be excited if he was able to play, but it's still obviously a coach a coach's decision. Hopefully, Deshaun uh, brings it back because Primo really deserves to 
I don't say sit, but deserves a little bit of rest. I don't think one night um, is going to do good after a back-to-back. I mean, he's, he was up against, I think, over maybe maybe almost 60 shots just in two days. So uh, I think the kid can really deserve a break. But, uh, you know, uh, he said we're making progress. Uh, he'd be happy if he gets the opportunity to play. Hopefully he does. Uh, the, the last two games we watched with him before, you know, he got injured uh, midway into what I believe the Vegas game, he was looking really good. The game before that, we were praising him. It was it was basically it was like coming out for you know for playing for the Habs so it would be great to to have him back no definitely um like I was speaking last episode I think Montembeau I still think there's promise for him to be a good backup or maybe even a fringe starter in the NHL and he's shown you know his last few games that he is capable of being the guy making big saves so it's you know I'm really hoping to get him back because I want him to succeed. <laughs> you know, we need some positive bright spots for this season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and just like Primo, he's a young guy that that really, you know, is starting to, you know, despite the lack of success, he still has like a, an attitude where I, I want to be in this, you know, regardless of the outcome. I I, I want the time. I want to be the one that, that y'all lean on, you know, and I like that. Um with Jake Allen being out, it has really been, you know, the 24-year-old and fuck. Uh, I'm not sure how old Primo is. I'm sure he's <laughs> young, 20, you know, if anything. Uh, but it's these two young kids that are that are just trying to get the time out, the reps out there to get it done and, and, and you know, gain some knowledge and some experience. And fuck, I can't help but be satisfied with that because, you know, if these guys – well, let's just say if Montebo stays in this organization for, for longer – you know, I'd love to see what he turns into. You know, hopefully he he hopefully he he does turn into something that that would be worth you know sticking around with. But uh, another two that was in this uh that was in practice uh Wednesday, Paul Byron and Brendan Gallagher are back. They're on no contact, but in the interview afterwards, Dominic Ducharme had uh, released that that they will not be playing today, as in Thursday against the Anaheim Ducks, but they may return to the lineup this weekend. That is amazing. It'd be great to have Galley back in there. And then Paul Byron to, you know, to get his first game of the season. I can't fucking wait. I'm sure it's going to be weight lifted off of him to get back out and play. Um, also, he gets a chance to prove himself in, in the eyes of Jeff Gordon and um, Kent Hughes to show his worth. Um, I'm sure they can look back at the, the playoffs and see, you know, how important he was. But uh, gets a chance to, to, you know, to help turn this team around. I know you're probably just as excited as I am in, in their return. No, yeah, definitely. I think it'd be really nice to see this team play at full strength. I don't think we're going to see that just all season, <laughs> just yeah, the way yeah, it's yeah. been going. Yeah. <laughs> but I've really missed Gallagher and I've really missed Byron, so it'd be great to see them come in and make an impact because Lord knows if anything Gallagher's voice, you know, let's disregard even the play. His voice has been missed in that locker room for sure. Absolutely. Another very high candidate for, for taking that, uh, that captaincy. Um, We said it last year, you know, that would, he was the, the, you know, the non C captain in that room. 
So here's a little thing about it. Uh, another thing regarding the practice that happened Wednesday, uh, the defenseman, uh, Ben Sherratt, Savard, Kulak, Petrie, Romanov, Weidman, Kyle, Kale Clegg, Sammy Niku practice Wednesday. Not long after Sammy Niku is placed on waivers. Kids had uh, six assists in the 13 games he's played. He hasn't played a game since January 12th. And before that, it was the January 1st game, uh, which was against Florida when we all contracted COVID from Florida. He had two assists that game. Um, his last five games, he's had three assists. I, I, I think it's kind of tough for him. You know, I don't, I don't really see someone picking him up on waivers, but you never know. Hopefully, hopefully he goes to Laval. I think it's still uh, a positive pickup from Jeff Gordon. <clears throat> Maybe it's just not the right time for him. But with well, me, I think I think something had something had to break between him and Kale Clegg. Mm-hmm. They're essentially the same player. Both of them have been scratched. They're not getting ice time. If one of them's in right. the lineup, the other one isn't. Yeah. So something had to give there. And they and clearly like the way Kale Clegg. Yeah. Well, um, they, they like him, but not enough to play him, apparently. Yeah, yeah. But we call that the Ducharme effect. Um, <laughs> no, I I hope Sammy Niku clears waivers. I'm not sure if he will. To be honest, I could see a team picking him up and, you know, actually playing him because that's been his issue in Montreal and in Winnipeg. He's not a perfect player. He's an offensive defenseman who you're going to have to accept there's some defensive flaws there. Both teams haven't been able to. Um, right. I think uh, look, there are a lot of GMs with not a lot to lose right now who would be very wise to pick up Sammy Nico. And I think it's a little unfair considering how this team has had, like, no players, uh, a lot of COVID scares, and, and Niku, one of them. I don't think he truly got enough time out there, um, but I think that also falls with him being stuck in COVID protocol as well. You know, um, he wasn't someone that they could lean on. And I, I don't know if that would have – gave him enough time to prove his stay here, but I just think it, he falls, you know, victim to just, you know, uh, unlucky hand in this situation. Um, if he does get picked up, like you said, I think it's, a, I think it, he's, he could be a, a decent player. Um, I still like the, the grab by Jeff Gordon. I think it was a good decision at the time. I still think it is. Uh, I just hope that he can go to Laval. I think he's, he's still pretty young. I think he's 24, maybe a little bit of time in Laval, bring him back up if something happens. Uh, Nonetheless, if he does move on, we don't really lose anything out of it, you know. Definitely. Uh, I just wish wish Sammy Nuku the best. He was our first move of of the new uh, the new fucking half GM, Regime. half president. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I hope I hope we can keep him in the organization. Uh, another thing. So after after the practice, goalie coach Eric Raymond uh, gave an update on Carey Price. Uh, I mean, fuck, it wasn't but maybe half a month ago when they said that Carey Price was restarting. He just said that, you know, he's really looking forward to play, playing again. He goes there, he does his treatments, and then he continues to train. Um, there's not much else from that, but I figured it was worth bringing up considering we had talked about Primo's time coming up and, you know, him him deserving the reps to get it, you know, to get a shot and stuff like that. And then, you know, you had mentioned that, Maybe Price doesn't want to go mentally, but maybe physically it might not be in the picture for him anymore. Kind of like a Shea Weber. It kind of feels like the same thing. And uh, 
I figured it was worth bringing up just because, you know, he's still working hard um, to fight back and, and get another shot to play with the team. Um, I don't know if you if you want to comment and comment on it or not. Uh, I just saw that and I was like, OK, well, we literally just talked about this last episode. Um, you know, it's just good to see that Price is still fighting to try to, you know, continue his career. Yeah, I. I don't really know what to say to that because I think the whole situation is sort of under lock. Like we don't know enough. You're right. Like I yeah. think anything we say or hear about is mostly speculation. And I think before, before I make any sort of prediction on like what's going to happen there, I, I just need to see what Ken Hughes plan is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I wasn't saying like, you know, uh, give a prediction or anything like that. I just, you know, I figured it was something to be brought up. And I mean, Eric, Eric Raymond finishes it out, uh, you know, saying that, you know, he's heading in the right direction, but his knee will determine everything for him. So it's, you know, it's still a very, we got a lot, you know, this, he's not coming back this season. There's no way in hell we're not making the playoffs. It's not like, you know, we just got to make 91 points to make the fucking playoffs, you know, but a skin of our teeth and and then Carey Price is back. It's not a situation like that. It's just hopefully Carey Price can recover and do it slow. Don't rush anything. And then by next season, let's see what's up, you know, but I do like you, your addition of seeing what Ken Hughes's um, rebranding or remolding of this team is going to be and where Carey Price fits. No, that's fair. I think that's – and like you said, yeah, I do think it needed to be brought up. Um, I just – yeah, I think it'll be an interesting situation for us to keep an eye on because he is getting older and flexibility and, you know, um, agility are important. And mm-hmm. when you hurt your knee, you can lose some of that. I mean, fuck. It. Who knows how – you know, obviously, we, we have an idea of how many times this happened throughout his career. But, I mean, like, how many times have he has he tweaked it and it was never anything that needed to be done? How many times do you tweak it in your life until it's like something bad happens like this? And then it's like, oh, well, you've had a culmination of years and years and years of, of I wouldn't say neglect, but just wear and tear on it. You know, he might have, you know, the knee of a fucking 60-year-old, you know, it, who knows? You know, that that's kind of what they told me about my back, you know, granted, I'm a fucking bigger guy. But um, when I hurt my back in the accident last year, um, you know, they said my my back is I got two discs that are deteriorating rapidly. And they're saying that, you know, by the time I'm 35, I'm going to have a back of like, you know, I like in my almost as if like I'm in my 50s, like that scares the fuck out of me, you know, and I can't imagine how, you know, how much wear and tear Carrie Price has put on and how bad that knee truly was, you know, before they, they did any work on it, you know? No, definitely. And at some point you have to start thinking about life after hockey. Mm-hmm. And he's got these, what, two, three kids that he's, you know, I'm sure he's going to want to run and play with. Yeah. I, I don't think Carrie Price is there yet. No. to be honest, but I do think it's an interesting conversation that I'm sure he's probably had and might be having with the team. But in talking about the future, um, I kind of alluded to it for earlier. We don't know exactly what Kent Hughes is going to do. Mm-hmm. I think we can all assume people are going to be shipped out. 
Um, we're <laughs> in for a little bit of a rebuild here, but at least for this season, definitely. Right. Like we we've all acknowledged that one thing I think has been kind of up in the air is, are we in for another season like this next year? And look, the thought of that really, really scares me because that would just be painful. Another year of being a fan of a team this bad and having to talk about it twice a week. Like, Corey, you, we struggle sometimes. <laughs> but then I'm looking at these stats, and Connor Bedard's last 11 hockey games, six, so six in the WHL, two World Junior games, um, one pre-tournament game, and two selection camp games for the World Juniors, so his last 11 games. Mm-hmm. He has 30 points. Oh, shit. And in his last um, six WHL games, let me just do some quick math here. In his last six WHL games, he has 16 points. Wow. Like, look, I think Shane Wright is very underappreciated. I think he's going to be a great player. But holy cow. Is Matfei Mitchkov and Connor Bedard? We talk about looking to the future. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I might be crazy to say this. I think one of them could challenge McDavid. Shit. Hot, 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 I really hot, hot. Do. I really do. <laughs> McDavid, McDavid is how old is he this year? 25? Uh, I'll look it up right now. He's but, in his uh, prime. He's, yeah. He's right in his prime. Yeah, he's 25. I'm not saying they're going to come in the league, but in five years, McDavid's going to be 30. Connor Bedard's going to be 21. I think that the league is going to be him or Meechkov's. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really – I just – McDavid's phenomenal, but this these kids are so good, so young. And I'm not saying I, – I wouldn't put money on it, okay? I'm not going to bet. I would never bet against Connor McDavid. But Bedard and Michkov are I, – I didn't watch prospects when McDavid was a prospect, so that's why I'm hesitant to say this. Right. But they're the – like by far just the best Running. prospects I have ever seen. And I am no scout, but they, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Bedard's doing things in the world juniors that no one other than Wayne Gretzky's done. <laughs> and oh yeah. Say what you want. McDavid's no Gretzky. No one's any, no one touches Gretzky. Mm-hmm. No one touches those records. That's why this goal scoring record is such a big deal. Because it's the only real Gretzky record that anyone's close to touching. Yeah, you'll never touch points or assists. It's just you're, you're not. That's the th- and you can't touch points if you don't touch assists. Mm-hmm. That's what's crazy. We talk about Gretzky. We've done it a few times. Gretzky could not have scored a goal, <laughs> and he would have let <laughs> all time lead. Like it's ridiculous. And Medard is no Gretzky. Don't get me wrong, but. And I think people undervalue Matt Bay Michkov. Michkov might be better. And that's what's crazy to me. Hot, 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 hot. But he has a, a KHL contract until 2024, 2025. So 
it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think this draft is going to be very interesting for the Montreal Canadiens, but I can't be lying if I'm saying, I, God, I wish Connor Bedard was a year older. Right. <laughs> well, like look, Shane, I mean, just Shane to, writes no Bedard. Just to, <laughs> just to continue, continue, like just for my, my input, um, next season, I don't see us being tremendous. I see us fighting, fighting for a, you know, a 500 season, you know. And I hope we're not, that's the worst place. I think we need to have, I really do believe we need to have another shit season after this. <laughs> it pains me, but I think you need to just hand the hey, race man. to Suzuki and the just fucking the the Edmonton Oilers tank for fucking five seasons. It got like fucking four overall first overall picks. You know, I Wait, can do I can do I, another year. The Edmonton Oilers. You know, you could say they're an example as to why you don't want to tank. But I could also I think you can also argue they're a good reason to show why you should. I mean, I think they just had better scouting. Or, or I don't just... even think it's that. They had like you look at the guys they had. They drafted two, no, three heart trophy winners. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hall, Leon Dry Sutton, and Connor McDavid. Leon, if Let's let's ignore the, the the original three, okay? The first three first overall picks they had. Mm-hmm. is the only one they really missed on. Nugent Hopkins got ruined because of development, yeah. but he's still a very good. He's still stout player. Um, let's just let's say we'll only look at 2014, 2015. Most teams would be more successful with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Like it's not, it's that it was a sound strategy. They just fucked it up because they cannot build a supporting cast. If Montreal had a Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, or obviously a lesser version of that, I'm I'm very confident, and that we would be very successful. And I reference those two because they were drafted back to back years. I think most GMs in this league could build. And I really do mean most could build a solid supporting cast around Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. I don't think it's that hard. So I think if Kent Hughes could get a Shane Wright, Bedard, or Michkov, or Francesco uh, Finelli, who also looks phenomenal, one of those guys next year, ideally a Bedard Michkov, I think those two years of pain would open up a decade of success yeah. i really did look at uh look at kaprizov you know well look at i all know the i great... know he wasn't a first overall but you look at all the great teams in this league the last decade colorado well not even i mean stanley cup champions okay they haven't been guys with one star mm-hmm. stamkos was better player when he was the only guy. Tampa didn't win until they got a Kucherov or a point. Right. Sidney Crosby and Malkin. Washington has Backstrom and Ovi. L.A. had Doughty and Kopitar. Chicago, Taves and Kane. Who else? St. Louis, I think, is one of the big exceptions, you could say. Mm-hmm. But they had Ryan O'Reilly, Petrolangelo, Tarasenko, 
those are some i think ryan o'reilly's a superstar i think petrolangelo is a superstar um god who else can i bring up here i'm trying to think but see those teams have been so dominant no one else is coming to mind but you get my point like they've all had two superstars mm-hmm. you, you can't win you can it's rare to win a championship without having two superstars and i don't think i think shane wright has the potential to be a star i think he has less potential but still possible potential to be a superstar he's not gonna be a guy who can drag a team by himself i really right. don't believe that and even if he were, if Dreisaitl and McDavid can't do it, I don't think anyone can do it by themselves. So I really do believe that Montreal should kind of look to these next two drafts, which look to be very strong. Let's get some guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if I have to suffer two years, you know what? I plan on being here doing this podcast for a while. We can find some shit to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Because then I'll get to we'll get to talk about Bedard and Shane Wright or Michkov for you know the next ten years. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, uh, before we move on, we have a quick word from our sponsors over at DraftKings. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl Fifty Six, new customers can get fifty six to one odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can experience the conference championship with the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is a safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's all with promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ugh. So we've already talked about Niku. Um, the last thing that I had up is that they released uh, – I don't know if this is a finalized um, – for the Olympic winter games coming up, it's your 25 men team for team Canada was released and you got two Canadian prospects um, that are going to, I'm sorry, not is this is kind of confusing. I know Sean Farrell is going to be in it for the U S and Frederick Dichow for Denmark, but of, I guess it was saying of the Canadian team, you got six former players um, I think six that's former Habs. Six former Habs. Jesus, yeah. Sorry, this is a Hab-based podcast. Uh, but yeah, uh, I really just wanted to talk about Sean Farrell, uh, Federic Dachau. Don't know too much about him. I think this would be a great opportunity for me um, to get a little bit of more of an, an idea about him because I can watch this on television and not have to pirate it. ESPN Plus has been uh, a blessing and a curse. It's not giving me everything I need for the Habs. And I just cannot pay for NHL 
uh, their package. It's not fucking worth it to have all Montreal games blacked out. Um, and pie rating is just getting a little sloppy nowadays. I love pie rating. Oh, <laughs> but uh, of the of the former Canadians, Daniel Carr, David Dernay, Eric Stahl, uh, Jordan Wheel, and defenseman Mark Barbario. Uh, probably said that fucking wrong. Barbario. Oh, Barbario and Morgan Ellis. So, um, Eric Stahl, probably my favorite <laughs> right now. Uh, we shit on Eric Stahl until he fucking showed us why he was picked up last season. Um, I, I, I'm i not going to lie. Daniel Carr has had such a weird uh, NHL career. Uh, I know he's playing. I want to say he's in Switzerland right now, but I, I kind of forget him. that he played with us from 2015 to 2018. Um, and then he was with Nashville, who was another team I follow, and I kind of forgot he fucking played there too. Um, kind of tough. Kind of tough to be Daniel Carr. I think he was a high draft pick too. But, uh, um, no, Carr, Carr was undrafted, I believe. Undrafted? Okay, never mind. Then. I, I, um, the only thing I remember, I love Daniel Carr with the Habs, and I the big thing I remember, he scored his first shift, his first shot. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the only thing that I really remember about him, he actually played in the fucking Winter Classic. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and I think he played because we were just so injured that uh, Daniel Carr ended up being well obviously he was called up but he ended up playing because fucking i think like five or six guys were out but um yeah that's, be, yeah go ahead oh i was just gonna say it'll be cool to have a lot of former habs representation i think a big thing for me that i was worried about was like i wouldn't be able to get behind the team as much just because i have no idea who the hell these guys are but having a lot of uh former NHLers and former Habs on the team is definitely going to make that a lot easier. And I'm excited for some Olympic hockey. I'll be honest. I'm a little let down. Uh, Cause we were, we were expecting NHL players, but you know, what can you do? So hockey's yeah. hockey. And I love uh, national national championships. I, I, we missed out on the world juniors. So this is going to have to kind of, make up for that a little bit and i'm excited to watch it absolutely and then your head coach claude julian uh happy to see that claude julian has had uh you know after his health scare during the bubble um things are you know obviously looking up for him if he's if he's able to go uh and and you know be the fucking the guy on the bench Um, he just had to get Jordan Wheel on his team for that PP1, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. He's like, I got a guy. I got a guy that's just going to glue this entire thing together. But, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else. Uh, if there's anything else you, you, you want to say before we close out? No, I'm good, man. Okay. Well, trying to keep it short and sweet this episode. I know my buddy's got to stay up late, but I'm sure he's got some studying to do. But, folks, thank you guys so much. This has been Habs Nightly. Uh, we appreciate y'all's listen. As always, please follow us on Twitter at Habs Nightly and myself at Bayou Benders. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Uh, rest of your week, Jesus. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again on Monday.
You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.